Acts chapter number 28. I like preaching out of the book of Acts, Levi, because we're an Acts-based church. Does anybody believe that here? Does anybody believe that we're still an Acts church? Does anybody believe that God is still a miracle-working God? Come on, somebody. Does anybody believe that he still shows his glory and we can enter into his presence where there's signs and wonders and miracles and the dead are raised from the dead and blind eyes are open and deaf ears come unstopped and, and he heals broken hearts and restores marriages. Is there anybody in this house today that realizes and knows without a shadow of a doubt that we serve a miracle working God? If you believe that, give him a great big hand clap of praise right now. Yeah, hallelujah, hallelujah. <clears throat> Amen. I'm ready, y'all. Acts 28. We're going to read verses 1 through 6. I'm going to preach a while, and then we'll finish up with 7, 8, and 9. Acts 28. After we were brought safely through... We then learned that the island was called Malta. The native people showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and welcomed us all because it had begun to rain and was cold. Verse 3. When Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and put them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. When the native people saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer. Though he has escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. He, however, shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. They were waiting for him to swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But when they had waited a long time and saw no misfortune come to him, they changed their minds and said, that he was a God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for what we're already experiencing in this house. Thank you that your presence is here. And Lord God Almighty, I pray that my helper, your Holy Spirit, would help me preach this word today. And I ask that in that matchless, holy, mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And everybody said, Amen. Set your Bible, set your iPad, your iPhones down, and give Jesus a 10-second hand clap of praise. Come on. You might as well praise him right now. He is worthy to be praised. Psalm 150 says, let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. Do you have breath in your lungs right now? If you got breath in your lungs, you might as well use those vocal cords and give him a shout of praise right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I told y'all, I got a word in my spirit. It's been brewing. It's been stirring in me for about two weeks now. And I was thinking I was like the, 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 the prophet Jeremiah because it is like a fire that is shut up in my bones and I can't hardly contain myself. I am ready to preach and release this word. And let me tell you, this may be just for me, some parts of this, but I got a feeling it's going to resonate with many of you in this house. So here is the title of this message. Amen. A storm, a fire, a snake, and the glory. Let me say that one more time. A storm, a fire, a snake, 
and the glory. High five your neighbor and say, there may be a storm, there may be a fire, there may be a snake, but the glory is going to come. Come on, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So let's get into this, but it would do a disservice if I didn't give a little bit of background or lay a little foundation leading up to the scriptures that I just read here in Acts 28. So if you would, let me just go on a little journey here, a little story, a backstory of Acts 27. The Apostle Paul was on a ship. He was headed to Rome, and there were 276 passengers, people on this ship. And while they were on this ship, they found themselves in a terrible storm. They were on this big boat, and a storm came along, and everyone on board was scared for their life. They thought they were going to die because of the storm. Everyone except the Apostle Paul, because the Lord God Almighty sent an angel to the Apostle Paul and said, everyone is going to be okay. Not a soul is going to perish. You will lose the ship, but not one man is going to die. A storm was raging, a storm was hitting their ship, and Paul was on his way to a place called Rome. Please hear me, and I want you to get this in your spirit right now. Paul was on a, on a journey. Paul was um, heading to a special destination because that is where the Lord wanted him to go. And he was on this journey when the storm rose up against him and let me just preach for just a minute let me just tell some brothers and sisters at catch the fire church this morning sometimes storms will arise in your life I said sometimes storms will come your way. Storms will arise in your life. Storms may come in your marriage. Storms may come to your finance. Storms may come to your health. Storms may come to a relationship. Storms may come to a church. Especially storms will come your way when you're doing something for God. Did you hear me right now? Storms will come. But it is how we respond to the storm when it shows up in our lives is what matters. Let me say that again. Storms will come. If somebody told you that since you got saved and you give your heart to Jesus Christ, that it's pie in the sky and it's tiptoe through the tulips and every day is going to be a great day, that brother or that sister is a liar. Oh, my God, he called a brother or sister a liar. You're not supposed to know I'm telling you. If somebody told you that every day is going to be just fine and every day is going to be perfect and you're never going to have any trials or, or fiery furnaces to go through or any storms, they lied to you. I'm going to tell you right now, they lied to you. But it's how we respond to those storms is what truly matters. So when the storms arise in your life, who are you trusting in? 276 people on this ship, and most of the men were frightened, fearing for their lives, thinking they were going to perish. But the Apostle Paul, he understood where his faith and his strength and his hope come from. It was in Lord God Almighty. Can I get a witness right now? So when the storms are raging, when the storms come your way, who are you trusting in? Well, I'm preaching to somebody in here right now. The ship was lost in the storm, but like I said, all those on board made it to shore safely. They were all alive, and they were all remained in their, in their health. The ship was battered. The ship was busted. It was broken into several pieces. And many of the men, if you read in Acts 27, many of the men couldn't swim. They were afraid. They were hanging on for dear life. 
hanging on to the pieces of the ship that had been broken because of this storm. They were just trying to hang on for dear life and keep their head above water. Who am I preaching to in this place right now? That sometime in your life a storm came along and you felt like you were just hanging on to the pieces because your life felt shattered and busted up and, and you're just hanging on and trying to keep your head above water. Am I preaching to anybody right now in this place that you just kind of feel like you're trying to keep your head above water just to survive. Maybe you're in here today and your marriage is falling apart. Maybe you're in here today and your business is falling apart. Maybe you're in here today and your, your health is falling apart. Maybe you're in here today and a, and a relationship is falling apart. Maybe you're in here today and your finances are falling apart. And you just kind of feel like you're hanging on for dear life. You're trying to keep your head above water. Everything in your life at one point in time seemed safe and sturdy and stable and secure. But now because of this storm, it is battered and busted into pieces. And you're just holding on. Hanging on. Hanging on to a thread or hanging on to a piece of that ship in your life, trying to keep your head above water. Who am I talking to in this house right now? I just want to prophesy over you and tell you you're going to make it. You're going to make it. I'm going to make it. You're going to. This church is going to make it. Hallelujah. You will survive those storms when they come your way. Can I get a witness right now in this house? I'm telling you right now. If you've never gone through a storm in your life, buckle up your seatbelt because it will happen at some point in time or another. But it's how we respond to it. I just want to tell you, you are going to make it. You are going to survive. Can you give God a hand clap in this house right now? So that was the backstory that the storm with the ship and now they're all floating on pieces and we find ourselves in Acts 28 verses 1 through 6 where I just read. So Paul and the others, they were hanging on for dear life. They were trying to survive and they finally floated and they, or they finally swam. However they got there, they got to this place called the island of Malta. And the next several minutes that I'm going to preach is very powerful. And if you take notes, I want you to take notes. If you're not a note taker, please follow along because I believe this is so revelatory and it will revolutionize your life, what I'm about to preach. The Bible tells us in verse number 2 that there were native people on this island of Malta. And the native people built a fire for Paul and the other men that were on that ship. The native people built that fire because it was cold, because it was rainy, because Paul and the others were, went through that storm and they were cold and they were wet. So the islanders of Malta built a fire so Paul and all the others could warm themselves by this fire and get dry. I want you to get this in your spirit right now. It was the native people that built the fire. It wasn't Paul. It wasn't anybody else from that ship. It was the native people. It was the people that were already there that built the fire. The natives showed kindness to Paul and all the others. Please hear me. Please hear me. 
please hear me. Sometimes you will experience benefits of a fire that you didn't build. Oh, you all think I'm talking in the natural. I'm talking in the spirit right now. Sometimes you will experience the benefits of a fire that you did not start. Let me say that again. Sometimes you will experience the benefits of a fire that you didn't build. Some of you are looking at me like I'm crazy right now. What is pastor preaching? What's he talking about? He's talking about a fire. I'm not talking about a fire in the natural. I'm talking about a fire in the spirit. And sometimes you will be able to reap the benefits and, and feel safe and secure from a fire that you didn't build. Are you hearing what I'm saying right now? This is powerful when you get it in your spirit. Some of you at Catch the Fire Church, you came in here broke, busted, and disgusted. And you right now, right this moment, you are reaping benefits of a fire that you didn't start. Some of you came in here lost, but now you're found because of a fire you didn't start. Some of you came in here empty, but now you're filled with the spirit of the living God from a fire you didn't start. I'm preaching in this house right now. Some of you came in here feeling like everything in your life was shattered into pieces, but you're being restored because of a fire you didn't start. I'm preaching right now. This is true for all of us. Every person in this place right now, you at some point in time are reaping benefits and, he, and I believe right here at Catch the Fire Church, you are reaping benefits from a fire that you didn't start. I have experienced this myself through someone by the name of R.W. Shambach in Tyler, Texas. I have experienced the benefits of a fire that I didn't start. I've experienced it with Pastor Rod Parsley at World Harvest Church in Columbus, Ohio. I have reaped benefits from a fire that he started. I've reaped benefits from Tommy Bates in, in Independence, Kentucky from a fire that I didn't start that he did. I'm reaping benefits right now and my family and my son from a church and from a man by the name of Bishop Kevin Wallace at Redemption to the Nation's Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee from a fire he started that I didn't start. Are you hearing me? Are you getting this in your spirit right now? Sometimes you will reap benefits from a fire that you didn't start. Somebody else paid the price. Somebody else built the fire. If you showed up and you get restored. You get healed and brought back to life. I'm preaching right now. Now, are you getting this in your spirit? Woo! Be sure to honor the ones who built the fire and you're reaping the benefits from it. Be sure to show honor. Be sure to show kindness to the ones who started the fire. You may have not started that fire, but you can show honor to the ones who did. Can I get an amen right now? And I believe, and I truly believe, the best way to show honor to the ones who built the fire is by sowing back into it, by giving them honor. Let me, give you some, let me give you some examples here. You can add fuel to the fire. And we see this in Acts 28, verse number 3. Scripture tells us that Paul started picking up sticks to place in the fire. He was helping keep the fire going. He didn't build the fire. Get, you all got to get that. Maybe I'm the only one that I, that I need to be hearing this message for. Because some of y'all are like doing this kind of stuff. Like, still, you're still kind of like, he's talking about a fire that he didn't build. <laughs> I am talking about a fire I didn't build. 
I'm talking about a fire you didn't build, but you're reaping benefits from it. In Acts 28, verse number 3, the fire was already going. The people on the island of Malta built this fire. They started it. And Paul and the others were warming themselves by the fire. They were getting dry. They were warming themselves up, reaping benefits from that fire. But in verse number 3 of Acts 28, the Bible says the apostle Paul went around gathering and picking up sticks to place in the fire. The greatest way you can honor someone who has already built a fire for you is by gathering up sticks, so to speak, in the spirit. Do your part to add fuel to the fire to keep the fire burning. Are you hearing me in this house right now? We don't want people just showing up, warming themselves, and then leaving. We want you to get involved. We want you to start picking up sticks in the spirit, so to speak. Who am I talking to in this place right now? You've been coming to church and catch the fire for a long time. You've been warming yourself by this fire, and you're not doing your part to keep it going. I'm preaching to somebody that needs to hear this right now. Woo! This ain't my notes. I just feel like saying this. There is such a consumer mindset in the modern day church right now. People come because it's they 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 want they, they, what can the church offer me? Oh, you got a fire. Okay, yeah, wow, praise the Lord, hallelujah. I get a little goosebumps and do a little dance and shimmy shake, shikamahaya, and then we leave. But we never contribute to the fire. Paul picked up sticks to place on the fire to keep that fire burning. He didn't start the fire, but he was helping it stay lit. Come on, somebody. He didn't start that fire, but he was helping it stay lit. You may have not started this fire at Catch the Fire Church in Cowden, Illinois, but you can help it stay lit. You can do your part to keep it stay burnt. You can do your, are you hearing me right now? I'm going to have a biopsy tomorrow morning. I'm going to be gone for a couple weeks, and I'm expecting you to show up and do your part. And I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to do your part by adding sticks to the fire for the next couple weeks. Do your part to keep this baby burning bright in this region. Can I get a witness right now? You may have not started the fire right here, but you can do your part by keeping it going. You can contribute in various ways to keep that fire going. Don't just warm by the fire. Do your part to keep it going by paying your tithes, by giving to the building fund, by volunteering to be a children's worker, volunteering to be a nursery worker, volunteer to be a greeter, volunteer to be a parking lot attendant, volunteer to be a merry maid of Christ. And let me tell you, we need some merry men of Christ to come in here and mop and take out the trash. Can I get a witness right now? You can volunteer in all areas of ministry. There's a pre-service prayer every Sunday. Maybe you're a prayer warrior. Be used where God wants you to be used, but, but don't just come in here to warm by the fire. Help build the fire by getting up there in the mornings on Sunday and praying for our services and for each other. Can I get a witness right now? You need to do your part and contribute to keep this fire burning. Can I get a witness right now? You may not build the fire, but you can help keep it going. Somebody ought to give God some praise right now. 
Sometimes fires are hard to start in the natural. Because of climates, because of rain, because of snow, maybe cold or damp. And it takes a lot of work to get a fire going. Anybody like to camp? Anybody like to camp? I love to camp and went camping a lot with my parents as a child. And when we would go to Ramsey Lake State Park or wherever it was that we would camp, one of the first things my dad would do is we would get wood and we would get a fire going. And sometimes if it was damp or rainy or the wood was damp or wet, it was hard to get the fire going. In the natural, sometimes it's hard to get a fire started. You got to work at it. Oh, the same in the spirit. There's some regions, there's some areas where in the spirit realm, it's wet, it's cold, it's damp. And it's hard to get a fire going. You got to work at it. It may take a little time. And once it gets going, you got to add more sticks. You got to add more wood. You got to keep that flame burning bright. Can I get a witness in this house right now if you know what I'm talking about? And the same in the spirit realm. You got to work hard and you got to add to it. You got to do your part. But when that fire takes off, baby, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of people reaping benefits from the fire that we built and we contributed to. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yeah, somebody's preaching with me. He won't hug me, but he's preaching with me. I feel you, bro. Man, he just encouraged me. That's better than some of y'all when you say preach, pastor. <laughs> I love hearing kids go, yeah. I was holding Burton earlier during worship, and I was praying in tongues, and he was just looking at me like this. I was going, shakarabasha, and his eyes was like this. Man, that was awesome. Yo. So we see here in Acts chapter 28, verse number 3, Paul was helping gather wood to place on the flames to keep the fire going. And the Bible says a snake came out of the wood and bit him on his hand. The Bible says it wasn't just any old snake. It was a viper. Somebody say viper. This viper fastened himself onto Paul's hand. And let me just preach for just a moment. Snakes will always come out when the fire is burning bright. I said snakes will always show themselves when the fire is burning. I feel like preaching for just a minute in this house right now. In verse number 4 of Acts 28, it was the natives that built the fire and they saw Paul throw the sticks on the fire and they saw this viper snatch onto his hand. And I want to preach this in two different ways. Number one, we're going to look at it from a world point of view. These native people, they built the fire, but let's just say they were in the world and they were seeing someone in the church get bit by a snake. An attack came to a Christian, we'll say it that way. And people in the world are watching your response. People in the world are watching what's going to take place. People in the world are watching when you're going through a storm in your life. And they're watching when the attacks come to see what's going to happen. And they'll sit back and they may gossip about you. Yeah, look at him. Look what he did. Because that's what took place in Acts 28. They set back these islanders of Malta and they begin to talk and gossip about 
Paul, they said, yeah, he must have been a bad guy. He must have been a murderer. Yeah, he's just, he's just reaping what he sowed. This is what takes place. You'll reap what you sow. Look at him. He must have done something really bad for that snake to bite him. Because people in the world will do that. They'll say that. They'll talk about you when they see you going through a trial in your life. Now let me flip this to a people in the church who have built a fire and now they're setting back watching others come and keep it burning. A religious spirit gets on people because they, they get familiar. They get complacent. They get lazy. They let everybody else do all the work. They let everybody else build the fire. And what do they do? They set back and they critique. They set back and they criticize can you believe what they did? Oh, now, there's a snake. There's a storm. There's a trial. There's an attack coming their way. So what do these people in church do? They sit back and they gossip and they talk. They must have sinned for that to happen. Oh, that sickness came on them? Well, they must have been in agreement with the devil and they brought it on themselves. No, no, no. You hear me right now. You may be doing something right in your life for the attack to come your way. You may be contributing to the fire to keep it burning bright in this region and all hell and high water may be coming your way because the devil is so upset and mad so he wants to try to take you out. But I'm here to tell you right now, God wants to take you in to his glory. The enemy of your soul may want to take you out, but God says, I'm about to take you in to my glory. Who am I preaching to in this house right now? I rebuke that demonic spirit of religion that tries to set back and critique and talk and criticize things that I'm doing and you're doing. I'm going through something right now, but let me tell you, I don't believe it's anything that I've done to sin to bring this on. I believe the devil's mad because of what's taking place here, what's about to take place, and what we're doing at Catch the Fire Church West in O'Fallon, Missouri. You think the devil's happy because there's names on that baptismal tank? Do you think the devil's happy when people get saved and set free? Do you think the devil's happy when we worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? I'm here to tell you right now, he ain't happy. So what's he do? He rears his nasty head and he uh, unleashes attacks on us so don't sit there and let people gossip and talk about you and tell tell others well they must have sinned they must have did this. no 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 anytime you do something great for the lord the enemy will rear his nasty head And when the enemy rears his nasty head and unleashes an attack on you, 99.999% of the time, those attacks are in public for all to see. Let me say that again. When the enemy of your soul unleashes hell and attacks you, those attacks aren't usually in private. Those attacks come in public, just like with the Apostle Paul in Acts 28. The islanders were watching to see what was going to take place. Everybody was watching this. Everybody could see. Moses, let me just give you some examples. Moses had to deal with Pharaoh 
publicly. But God got all the glory when the blood of the lamb was applied and the death angel passed over. David had to deal with Goliath publicly, but God got all the glory with a sling and with a stone. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those three Hebrew boys, they had to deal with a fiery furnace in public. But our God got all the glory because there was a fourth man in that fiery furnace. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego walked out of that fiery furnace and their hair wasn't even singed and their clothes didn't even smell like smoke. God got all the glory. Lazarus. In, in the book of John, chapter number 11, had to deal with death publicly. But God got all the glory when Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, loose him, and let him go free. Come on, somebody. Jesus had to deal with a cross publicly, but God got all the glory three days later when our Savior marched out of that borrowed tomb carrying the keys to death hell and the grave come on somebody are you hearing this preacher today you may be attacked publicly the attacks may come and everybody's watching but i'm here to tell you right now it's for the glory to be revealed when you get close to the fire the attacks come let me say that again when you start contributing, if you're building or contributing to the fire in the spirit, that's when the attacks will come. And as pastor of this church, I've seen attacks come on many of you. And I've seen some of you take it in stride, take it in faith, walking in, in, a, in a Holy Ghost boldness. And then I've seen some of y'all sit there, have pity parties, and why is this happening to me? And oh my God, I don't even want to come to church anymore. I'll, I'll take a sip of my water <laughs> right now because you know I'm telling the truth. Cry me a river. <laughs> you may be attacked publicly for being too close to the fire but hear me God will get the glory I said attacks may come but God will get all the glory. If you believe that, say amen right now. So Paul threw that bundle of sticks on the fire, and all of a sudden, poof, that snake bit him, and it says that he shook the snake off back into the fire and all the people were watching wondering what was going to take place and I told you a moment ago to say viper because this wasn't an ordinary steak this was a viper and and you ever heard of something called the two-step viper anybody ever heard of that yeah my dad's talked to me about that in Vietnam because there's certain vipers when they bite you you take two steps and then you fall and drop dead this was a very serious a very poisonous snake because the islanders saw this viper attach itself to the hand of Paul. And they sat there going, oh, yeah, look at that. He's about to die. 
That's what they were doing. They, they saw it publicly. The attack came. <laughs> He's about to die. They thought he would take two steps and drop dead. But oh, no, no. God had different plans. This is going to resonate with some of y'all in this house right now. That drug overdose should have killed you, but God had different plans. Come on. That car accident should have killed you, but God had different plans. That disease should have killed you, but God had different plans. That heart attack should have killed you, but God had different plans. That emotional breakdown should have killed you, but God had different plans. That loss of your loved one should have killed you, but God had different plans. That divorce should have killed you, but, 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 but God has different plans for you. Would you give him a praise in this house right now? No weapon formed against you will be able to prosper in every tongue that rises up against you in judgment. Guess what? It is God that's going to shut their mouth. Let them watch when the attacks come because they ain't going to prosper. I'm preaching to myself right now, Andrea. Let the attacks come because they ain't going to prosper. And God is going to get all the glory. That public attack on Paul was an attack so the glory of God would be revealed in his life. That attack on Paul was for the bystanders, for the islanders of Malta to witness and to watch the glory and the power of God in demonstration in Paul's life. I've been saying it for a week now. I'm going to be a walking testimony. You just wait and see. I said I'm going to be a walking testimony. You just wait and see. Pastor Connor preached it last week. It's found in the book of John. Jesus and his disciples, they came to a place where there was a certain man who had been born blind. And his disciples asked Jesus, they said, which one sinned? Was it the, the man or was it his parents? And Jesus said, neither one. But this is so the glory of God would be revealed and in demonstration. So God. Don't ever come to me. Don't ever say to anybody in this church where you're going through this attack or you're going through this storm, you're going through this sickness, you're going through whatever it may be because you sinned. I will be on you like white on rice. Sometimes attacks come. But it's not to destroy you. It's for the glory of God to be revealed and for everyone around to see the glory of God. Can I get a witness right now in this house? Paul shook off that snake, and he didn't have any side effects. He didn't swell up, and he about said, dang sure. He dang sure didn't fall over dead. <laughs> if you think that's a cuss word, I'm sorry. It just was coming out, and I caught myself. But he didn't fall over dead. Come on, somebody. Y'all say worse than that. Don't look at me like you're sprouting wings in this place. You walk out the door and you say other words. Don't look at me like, oh, I can't believe Pastor said dang. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to fast and pray for you this week. Once you look verses 7, 8, and 9 with me. 
Now in the neighborhood, I didn't know there was neighborhoods on islands. Where you from? I'm from the west side. I'm in the hood, yo. Now, now in the, in the, I'm from Appleberry Lane, yo. Now in the hood of the place were lands belonging to the, the chief man of the island named Publius, who received us and entertained us hospitably for three days. It happened that the father of Publius lay sick with fever and dysentery. And Paul visited him and prayed, watch this now, and putting his, what? Yeah, oh, oh, he put his snake-bit hand on him. And what? Oh, come on, somebody. Paul visited him and prayed and putting his hands on him, healed him. And when this had taken place, the rest of the people on the island who had diseases also came and were, what? Cured. Mm. So there's this guy, this chief on the, on the hood side of Malta named Publius. And his father was very ill. And the Bible tell, tells us that Paul went to visit him. Paul went to see him. And Paul prayed for him. And the Bible says Paul laid his hands on this sick man. And he was raised back to wholeness in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. It was the same hand that was bit by that viper that everybody watched. That same hand. He laid on Publius's father, and he healed him and raised him up. I just feel like telling somebody right now, the enemy be, be, may be trying to take you out. The enemy may be trying to do everything he can to take you out. Out. But what the enemy meant for evil, come on somebody. I said what the enemy meant for evil, that's, that's Bible, baby. What the enemy meant for evil, God will turn it around for his good and his glory will be revealed for all to see. Who am I talking to in this house today? You feel like you've been going through a storm. You feel like you've been under attack. You feel like a viper has bitten you. But I'm here to tell you right now, God is turning it around and everybody around you is going to see his glory. If you believe it, shout yes and give him a great praise in this house. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, come on, come on, come on. What the enemy meant for evil, God is turning it around. You wait and see. It was that hand that was bit, but God used it. God turned it around for his glory to be revealed. My God, would you stand to your feet right now? I'm closing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Who was I talking to in this house today? Maybe, maybe you're in the storm process. Because I told you the title of this was a storm, a fire, a snake, and the glory. Maybe you're in here today and you're in that storm process. Everything seemed to be going extremely well for a while. Smooth sailing, so to speak. But then this great tempest came and a storm came and the Winds are howling and the waves are boisterous and your ship is being battered. It's falling apart. 
Maybe you're in that storm and everything that felt secure and stable the last 10 years is now falling apart. Maybe it's your work. Maybe it's your marriage or your health. But it seems to be breaking and busting loose at the seams. Is that you? Is that where you're at? Maybe you're in here today and you've already gone through the storm. And you come in here and you're warming by the fire. Do your part to keep it going. Or maybe you're doing your part and keeping it going. And you're picking up sticks in the spirit. You're contributing to keep the fire going and catch the fire, church. And the attacks start coming. I'm here to tell you if that's where you're at. You're in good company. (laughs) It happened to Paul. It happened to Moses. It happened to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It happened to, to Lazarus. It happened to our Savior Jesus. But let me tell you, I feel the anointing. God will get all the glory. I said God will get all the glory. Where are you at? The storm? The fire? The snake? Are you ready for the glory? I believe God wants to turn it all around and bring the glory in your life for all to see. Let's... Y'all okay if I just speak that over myself? The glory of God is going to be revealed in my life. For all to see. And the doctors will be amazed. thousand may fall at my side. Ten thousand at my right hand. But that shall not come nigh thee. It's not going to come at me. It's not going to win. Greater is he that is in you and me than he that is in the world. I'm preaching to somebody in this house today, including myself, what the enemy meant for evil. God is turning it around. And he'll get the glory.